you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Eric. All right, I know it's been like a whole week since we've done one of these, <laughs> uh, but I know you're feeling it. You want to get into Feel it, it. And, I, and so Feel do it. I. Feel so it. do I. So, so please tell me, what do I get to write for Sham Fiction this week? Oh, Eric. Let me give you the backdrop, Andrew. Oh, keep it going. Keep it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Eric. Just keep keep it going, Marcus. Keep it going. Yeah, so this week, we got something special for you. A treat. You stopped. A real treat. I, well, I don't have the like, stamina you know, of some of the characters yeah. in the stuff. Oh, you got to have good stamina for this one. Stamina. You got to. I can't speak. Uh, because I just got the vapors from watching this film. Uh, Eric. This week, yeah, uh-huh. you're going to be writing a sham fiction about a classic of modern cinema. Okay, let's keep let's keep the audience in suspense. They haven't read the title of the episode. <laughs> it's called Magic Mike XXL. The sequel. The sequel. We're jumping right, right into the sequel. Right in the there. The sequel. Because why go Magic just Mike. normal size when you can go XXL? <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, man. I can dig it. All right. Oh, this. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, hold on. Does hold this it. film? Uh, the biggest question I can ask before you even get into it. Does this film have dong? Like real dong? Like dong? Like yeah. You see it? Well, before yeah. before we answer that question, let's give yeah. our two two warnings. <laughs> so first up, spoiler warning for this episode we will uh tell plot details throughout the film although i don't think any of them can be considered a spoiler nope probably not using your imagination as to why you would watch this movie and secondly we do have to give an explicit language warning you saw the little e when you downloaded this there are going to be a lot of swears if not in our pitch then at least in eric's story They swear a lot. So I assume, since you gave that warning, that the answer to my question is, yes, there's dong, and let me describe it in graphic detail. Yes, Sadly, no dong. You don't see any dong. I know. So we can write write a wrong in your story. (laughs) Oh my gosh, no dong. There's only one fully naked guy in the entire movie. He drops a towel, you see his his rear, and that's about it. Yeah. No, No full frontal. Hollywood. Hollywood, get your shit together. Oh, man. I mean, this is maybe more graphic than full nudity, the things that they're doing oh, in this. Oh, man, but yeah. If, if their dongs were out, all about it, it would be just slapping every which way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <There's> some restraints. <laughs> we're, using, we're using that E to our uh, advantage. All right, so... Magic Mike XXL. Just, yep. just, just some, some formalities out of the way. 
Um, Magic Mike Take XXL care of the foreplay. was directed by <laughs> what was directed by Gregory Jacobs, uh, who is a frequent assistant director and producer for one Steven Soderbergh. Um, he took on the reins as director for this sequel. Um, Soderbergh directed the first one. Um, and then this was written by Reed Carolyn, who also wrote the first one. Um, what a scribe. He, uh, he writes his pen, his quill is magic. Um, <laughs> this is starring Chan- Channing Tatum, Channing the Bod Tatum, um, uh-huh. Matt Bomer, Joe Manganello, Kevin Nash, Adam Rodriguez, Gabriel Iglesias, Iglesias Donald Glover, and what? Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, nice. Well, I know the three characters that I'm using. I don't know who they play, but it's going to be Channing, uh, Donald Glover, and Jada Pinkett Smith. Nice. So just just describe those characters. Well, I don't care the, how big of a role they have. The female lead is Amber Heard, who, you know, it's easy to forget that there are women in this movie. Oh, oh. Can you, like, how, how can you remember any ladies other than Jada Pinkett Smith when you have all that man, those man goods running around? <laughs> um, this came out last July, July 2015, uh, and right now you can catch it on HBO Go. Um, if you're listening to this at the time of its release, it's probably still up there. <laughs> at least at the time of its recording. So if you're in the room with us right now, you can go off and watch it. <laughs> yeah, good to know. Uh, otherwise, it's available for purchase or rental uh, everywhere else. Um, so why did we choose this one? Um, there's, there's a we here. <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm feeling why some did we choose Why it? did we choose this? Why did Andrew why, choose why this? Why did Marcus and Andrew just go... <laughs> why, why did Andrew choose this and Marcus consent to it? <laughs> Uh, so this was one of my favorite films from 2015. I I adored this. I saw this film in probably the best possible scenario in which you can watch it, which was in a theater packed with women, and just <laughs> like I went to go see it with with my girlfriend and her sister and her mother. It was a family affair, um, <laughs> and we were seated amongst a theater full of women, and it was just a party. All the way through audience participation, they were going woo and yeah the whole time, and like I'm just sitting there with a big goofy smile on my face the whole time. I just enjoyed the heck out of it, and I just because it's such a fantasy and it's just so ripe, I can just I there has to be fan fiction for Magic Mike out there. How could there not be? It just seemed like the perfect. It was just this this ripe pear. Pair like bottom to pluck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for sham fiction, Marcus, why did you want to do this one? Uh, uh, yeah. So my my screening experience was a little bit different. I uh, I watched it alone in my room last night, and uh, not as much wooing, uh, not as much audience participation. <laughs> And I think I came away with a different impression of the film than Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) As far as quality, we'll talk about some of those differences as we go on. But uh, let it be said that if you can write the abs in this movie, which, you know, equal or surpass the arrow abs that we were a fan of. We've already set such a high bar. Yeah. The uh, then, then you know that that would explain why we're doing this because okay. as, as, as us flabby flabby men on two jackets agree, we like abs. And you, I assume you like how I described them, which oh, is why I'm the it. one who's writing this. And yes. you got it. Okay, caterpillar shovel. Okay, <laughs> all right. Oh, that will live in infamy. 
Uh, I love it. Yeah, no, this I had so much fun with this, so I'm really excited that you that you're doing this. What what? Uh, I'm just whatever. I'm glad that I live in a different state. So when we decide to do something like this, I have to watch Magic Mike XXL in my room by myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, tell me about this thing. All right, so Magic Mike. So the the, 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 the let's let's get into like what this story is. So Magic Mike follows Magic Mike, played by Channing Tatum. So at the time the story picks up, Mike has been out of the game, out of the stripping game for three years, because he is trying to live out his dream of starting uh, his own business. And so he's starting this custom furniture business, but it's struggling. He only has one employee, and he can he can't even afford to pay the guy's health insurance. Like he's he's struggling. It's business owning your own business isn't coming as natural to Mike as the stripping. But then all of a sudden, his buddies, his stripper pals, the former kings of Tampa, are coming through town, and they're like, Mike, we're going on a road trip. We're going from Tampa up to Myrtle Beach to the stripper convention, the National Stripper Convention. And if, hey man, if you want to get back in the game, now's the time. And of course, Mike's like, man, I don't know. But of course, things aren't going too well with the business. His girlfriend just left him. Life isn't going that great for Mike. And his bros are back in town. It's time to go. So he decides to get back in the game, hop on the Froyo truck, and drive up <laughs> to Myrtle Beach. Because, yes, they're driving in a Froyo truck. That's right. This is a sports movie, Eric. It is, it is structured like many things. Cowboy uh-huh. movie, road movie, buddy uh-huh. movie. But it also has the structure of the underdog team going to the big championship and putting it all on the line. <laughs> They're calling it their last ride because after Mike left, um, after the, at the end of the first movie, uh, these guys kind of felt a little formless. You know, they're all very well formed and put together, but the group <laughs> itself just you know they lost they lost their way. Their MC, uh-huh. who was played by Matthew McConaughey, uh, left them. And, yeah, he's too expensive now. Yep, he, they can't afford him. Um, <laughs> so now they don't have an MC, so they don't know what they're doing. They're trying to find their purpose. And so they think that the Kings of Tampa are over after this convention, so they're just going to you know, have one last big soiree, and they're driving up there, and they're glad that they wanted to bring Mike along for the ride. I will say that I've only seen Magic Mike XXL. I haven't seen the original. So I was completely okay. lost at the mile a minute pace of the sequel's plotting. I mean, it was just impossible to tell what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Oh boy, that that rings sincerity. Yeah, yeah, it had more you know <laughs> background machinations than Shakespeare. I bet. So now these guys, they're driving between. They're, they are in a froyo truck because one of these guys okay. is starting his own froyo, his his own artisanal froyo business. So that's the vehicle on which they are traveling. Right. All these hunky dudes. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's no like custom furniture truck. That's a van. Like that's a, that's a, that's just like a van. Like he he has like a, a truck with no windows. This is a nice. And, and his employee his employee's holding down the fort with the van. He can't take that away. He's still a businessman until his cell phone gets thrown out the window. Like everything else in this movie. 
Both figuratively and literally. Literally, a lot of things are thrown out the window of this truck. There is. There is. They throw a lot out the window. Uh, so, I hope mostly clothes. Uh, yeah, yep. actually, yeah. Um, okay, good. So this is their last ride, and they're happy to have Mike along for the ride. Um, so on their path from Tampa to Myrtle Beach, they're just stopping in every town, and they're having a good time, and they're bringing... They're bringing respect, mad respect, to all the ladies on the way. That's what these... They just want to do something special for all the ladies in the world. <laughs> so, that's, so that's kind of the way this thing is structured. And that's... Like, these guys, they're driving in their Froyo truck, tr- truck, pulling into town, and having a party. It can be... It, it, this, is, this is a world that takes place mostly at night. It's nightclubs, it's beaches... You know, there's, there's, it's just disco balls and neon lights, you know, like that's the world that they live in. It's, it's almost always night outside. Um, and there's always a party going on because the Kings of Tampa, wherever they go, it's a party. So, and they'll, they'll stop at local strip clubs, do the routine. They'll just, you know, they're stripping their way up to Myrtle Beach. Mm -hmm. As you do. So, let's get into who these guys are. Marcus, do you want to kick us off with characters? Sure. Uh, So, the first character is Magic Mike, or Mike Lane. He's Channing Tatum. He's got some serious moves. I will say this. For everything else I might think about this movie, especially the first time uh, Channing Tatum dances in this, he's an incredible dancer. Not just as a stripper. He's not doing these vague stripper moves. He's doing really nicely finessed dance moves. I really appreciated that. Uh... I will say that he's the only character I remember, and I saw this last night, who had a name. <laughs> Andrew might disagree, but to me, it was it was Magic Mike and anywhere between three and five bros who were also strippers. Not sure on the count there. Uh, oh, and Donald Glover's in the movie. He was playing a guy, and he raps. So I liked all of that. I liked Donald Glover. Movie picked up a lot when he came on, and I liked uh, Channing Tatum and you know three to five other bros. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so I'm gonna go characters. into those other bros uh, <laughs> because I do know these guys. They're my pals. Um, at least that's what the movie made me think uh, because it was such a hangout movie. Like that's one thing to keep in mind, even though you probably won't write when they're just hanging out because come on, that's kind of boring. This is Magic Mike. Um, the, watching the movie, it's just like long scenes of these guys just going, "Bro, man, shit, man, cool," you know, like just so every, positive. Every other word is shit or fuck. It's it's like it was written. <laughs> I had this in my notes. I, I think it was written like a first year in college is going to film school. And they realize that they're not living with their parents anymore, and they can finally swear. So, oh, so yeah. that's the level of dialogue we see throughout this thing: constant swearing. Good. You know, we're, we're talking, but never angry again. swearing. It's not no, like not it's not angry like, swearing. It's just casual. It's, it's all no. just like, man, shit, I love you, man. Like that's what it is. Yeah, it's all exactly. There's, so there's much a love. lot of dude love. Oh, uh, these bros, they love each other. Oh, uh, there's a big old. It's safely homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> High fives. Hugs. Mm-hmm. So let's get into a few more of these characters and a few details about them because they do have names and they do have personalities. If, if you insist, yeah. Uh, sure. So there's Ken. Uh, Ken looks like a Ken doll. Like that's that, that's probably so. Picture that. You know, just your. Yep. Yep. No genitals. <laughs> Copy. 
Oh, we don't know. We never saw a dog. No dog? Yeah. They might just shove things yeah, down their we'll pants. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, so Ken, uh, Ken is like the, he's, he's, he's kind of the hippie of the group. He, he's a level three healer, he says. He's, he reads energies. That's kind of his thing. And he's also a struggling actor outside of strip, uh, the stripper game. He's trying to be an actor. Uh, and then there's my personal favorite, Big Dick Richie. <laughs> Big Dick Richie, played by Joe Magandello. Uh, so, so Big Dick's thing is, his dick's too big. So no ladies <laughs> want to bang him, because his dick's too big. They see it, and then they're like, ah, maybe not. Hell of a problem to have. So he's in search of his glass slipper. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they literally say that frequently throughout... Although I don't think they ever really extended that imagery to where you've immediately got. <laughs> oh, he's looking for a big vagina. Yep. Yep. That's yep. his big thing. And he's also struggling with his stage identity. He's always played a fireman, but he's afraid of fire. So he uh, he's my favorite. He's the best. Okay. Um, oh, and then there's Tito, who always he always wears transparent mesh shirts, and he's the guy that owns the Froyo truck. Um, that's about all you need to hear about him. Uh, Tarzan, Tarzan, he's the man. He's like the sage. He's this massive dude. He, I, I looked it up. He's six ten in real life. He is a beast of a man. He's got like long. It's, I don't think they're dreads, but just long, kind of scraggly gray hair. And he's always kind of quiet, but when he speaks up, it's important. You know, he's got something he's got something important to say. He's got wisdom to drop when he speaks. Okay. And then um, the MC, who doesn't travel with them, she's kind of like this elusive figure that you know comes to them when they when they need her. And that's Rome, and she's played by Jada Pinkett Smith. R- Rome. Rome, like like the capital of Italy. And she and Mike used to be a thing. Ooh, a thing. That's about as uh, descriptive as they get with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She used to call Called him them white chocolate. White chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and Mar- and Marcus mentioned uh, Donald Glover, who plays Andre, and Andre is really cool. Uh, he works for um, Rome, who owns this like mansion. Uh, where ladies can come and uh, have all their wildest dreams come true. Um, Andre, he his thing is that he he listens to the ladies. Here's what they're like. Listens to their personality. Here's about their lives a little bit, and then he improvs a rap about them, a personal rap. With you know, he's wearing a jacket. He's got his 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 his, his stomach, his chiseled stomach, all out for her to see, and he's laying down a sweet rhyme for her. And a little R&B, too. He sings a little bit, too, because he's got a gorgeous voice. Okay. But yeah, the uh, um, the Childish Gambino is yeah. in this film. That's fantastic. All right, like so, it. Marcus, let's get into like some of the things that make this movie what it is. What's, what's, what can we, what do we see oh. in Magic Mike? What sort of stuff can Eric play with here? There's a lot to play with. Oh, boy, are there... Uh, well, one thing I want to say, just from a structure standpoint, I know I compared it to other genres. One of my favorite things, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, is that they set up the big show that they do at the end 
like a heist movie where you see them in the workshop and they're planning and you get little hints at the stuff they're doing, but you don't know how the gadgets are going to work. And then when it gets on screen, you go, oh, that's what that was for. (laughs) I see. So that's something I can play with, the the inventiveness and creativity of the strippers in their routine. Uh, But I do need to point out that there are no stakes to this performance at the end. It's not actually... (laughs) beating other strippers it's just are we gonna have a good last time <laughs> all right sure <laughs> uh okay so so other things that you can play with the overall crucial idea here that you need to stick around with is this is wish fulfillment through and through it's it's all about uh these super hot safely bro like guys who will worship and understand the true beauty of the women around them. They listen to the women. They'll respond to that. Yeah, they want to get laid, but when they do, they're trying to fulfill the woman's needs, right? And so that's that's a great message. But that is, we, we kind of put it, I think, Andrew, when we were talking earlier, <laughs> said it was sort of like the Avengers. They've come together to satisfy the needs of the women in the world. But they're, they're, they're never going to be the ones to push on you. They're never going to say, I, I want to do this. Let's go do this. It's always uh-huh. the women coming to them and them being shy and cute about okay, it. Okay. So that's, that's what we see in this. Andrew. Yeah. No, that's a great way of putting it. It's, it's there. It's so positive towards men, like actually listening and doing like one, at one point, uh, Andre Donald Glover just says, all we have to do is ask. We just have to ask them, and they just need to tell us what they want, and let's do it. Let's listen to them. So I really like that message behind the movie a lot, and obviously ladies do too, um, yeah. from the woos in the audience. Um, so a few things that happen that kind of like create the atmosphere of this thing. Um, dollar bills are raining from the sky at all <laughs> oh, times. Ladies have stacks of cash in their hands. And they are just making it rain. Um, Seemingly never-ending sacks of cash. And they're, <laughs> the, the floor is just covered with crumpled bills. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's that's what... For this uh, most recent viewing, I watched it with, uh, with my girlfriend. And I gave her... Uh, I had a few dollars in my wallet and I gave them to her. So whenever something good that she liked happened, she would make it rain towards the television. <laughs> <laughs> Again, sounds like your viewing experience is more fun than mine. <laughs> I should have told you before you watched it to come with a little cash to do that, but maybe you none of would have ever left your hands. I don't know. Uh, so and then so cheering ladies constantly, but of all shapes and sizes. These these aren't just all hot ladies. These are these uh, ladies of all ages hey, hey, and races hey, and sizes. They're all hot ladies. Andrew. They're queens, Eric. They are all queens, as Rome calls them. Sure. Yeah, and that's 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 crucial. These guys don't ever think twice about physical appearance other than to tell women that they're beautiful. So there's there's no recognition from them of any female attributes. It's just every single woman that they encounter is beautiful and they want to worship them. Nice. Which again leads to some of the wish fulfillment, I think. And that's totally fine. It's good Place to be. Good entertainment. Fantastic. Um, oh, speaking of entertainment, they like to be called male entertainers, not strippers. They're male entertainers. Okay. Um, 
at any given time, one of them has to have their shirt off, maybe all of them, depending on the context. Um, but if they are wearing clothes, you either got to keep it tight or you got to be able to see them nips. <laughs> they wear those, like, you know, those cut off shirts where it's just things yeah. are coming out the sides. Oh, sure. You know the yeah, ones. Yeah. You're familiar. I'm familiar. Absolutely. Uh, is it uh, gray sweatpants season at all in this story? I think so. I think some of them wear sweatpants. All right, all right. That, that would fit when in, when they're in hangout mode. Sure. Um, and <laughs> um, the moves, the 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 stripping moves, just the most ridiculous things. It's hard for me. I, I will give you a few examples. But, like, I just want you to come up. I want to see what's in Eric's brain, what's rattling around up in there as to what the most ridiculous male stripper move (laughs) is. You've asked Uh, for it, sir. This this is full contact stripping. And Andrew go into some of these moves. But this is not just look but don't touch. This is I'm going to pick you up and ply you around (laughs) stripping. Yeah. No, they throw these ladies around, and those ladies love it. Yeah, like during the end, it like gets really like it's intense, it's hot and heavy. It's like, whoa! If this happened in real life, that woman would be would be terrified. (laughs) (laughs) But it's amazing. Um, So think, you know, headstands while pelvic thrusting in the lady's face. You know, think crab walking with ladies on top and humping them as you do it. Think vaulting on top of two ladies while humping a third lady. These are all literally all things that, that happen. Ha- all things that happen in the film. Okay. Not even necessarily the most graphic of the things. <laughs> These are just the ones that stood out to me as the most fun. Okay. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. There's no fondling of the women, so that's important no. to note. Respect. Uh, okay. There, there is some fondling of the dudes. Okay. So, you know. Oh yeah, the ladies—they're they're touching. They're yeah, touching. Could there, could there possibly be more? Could we wrap this up so I can go write this yet? <laughs> yeah, I think we're in a pretty good right. spot. Um, well, let me let, so, let me let me tell you what I got, and you tell me what I've missed. How's that? Okay. All right. So, yeah. Let's do it. First of all, what no dong? Uh, that's gonna change. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to be. Uh, I'm supposed to be uh, pandering to the bachelorette party crowd. Uh, it's an absolution. <laughs> Magic Mike, uh, Magic Mike XXL. So it's large and in charge. With the uh, the story follows Magic Mike. His name, I guess, is Mike uh, something. I didn't even write it down. Uh, Doesn't Mike, matter. Mike Lang, Lang, <laughs> yep. Lang. Uh, he's a former stripper and current for, uh, furniture entrepreneur. <laughs> The, uh, the kings of Tampa, or his generic bros, pull Mike into a crossroads-style road trip to the Stripping World Series. You get Fantastic. It. You get it. Fantastic. It's uh, structured like a sports movie because uh, Stripping World Series. Oh, man, they're, uh, they're riding a, a Froyo truck to Myrtle Beach for reasons. Uh, they stop at towns along the way. Uh, <laughs> I saw this as, like, our uh, king killer thing. Uh, they're the Edimaru of strippers. <laughs> Uh, they go into town, they take their pants off, it's always night, it's always a party, it's always disco ball season, and it's always raining dollar bills. Yes. Oh, so this uh, Mike guy, he's got moves, he's the only kind of character with a name, according to Marcus. Uh, I think that's about right. Yep. Uh, I disagree. The, the Every other word in this script is shit and fuck. Uh, yep. There's tons of bro love, <laughs> XXL bro love. Oh, so much. 
so I guess there are other characters here. Um, we got Big Dick Richie, who I guess has a big dick, and he's on the hunt for a big vagina. <laughs> well, we have Tito, who's a mesh shirt haver, and a, a fro-yo truck haver. Uh, Tarzan is Tarzan, but he's a profound wisdom dropper. We got Rome, who's a lady bro, used to have a thing with Mike. Uh, we got Andre, who works for Rome. He's a freestyle rapist. Uh, he will improv raps about the ladies. Uh, this is a wish fulfillment story about super hot dudes who just want to please the ladies of the world. Uh, and every woman is beautiful in their eyes. And uh, they call themselves male entertainers, not strippers. Uh, they're always shirtless, and they use full contact stripping. Yes! Which will definitely play a part in my story. So, uh, have I missed anything? Anything else you'd like to add? How about bonus points? Yes. Uh, Marcus, do you want to do your bonus points first? Sure. And I I fully expect you to hit these bonus points. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I want to see your Donald Glover rap in this. All right. That is... Okay. Like, I say it's a bonus, but you'll fail if you don't. (laughs) So oh, believe me, uh, I was already planning <laughs> on writing a rap for this. So fantastic! That's perfect. Excellent, Andrew. What What do you want? Uh, for oh, me to there's do? so many things that I want. Um, I, I I want the most arousing stripper move that you can possibly think. I I just I want to I want to peek inside your brain and I want to see it. I want to <laughs> see what you think the most amazing stripper move in the world is. Um, the other thing, right. I, I think that's definitely it, but also the most creative use of a song in a stripping routine would be much welcome. So All one right. of those things. Um, in order to get you in the mood, um, okay. I would uh, suggest that you listen to Genuine's Pony, because that's, okay. uh, that's Mike's song. So if you kind of got to get in the mood and know what sort of thing that they're into, check it out. Okay, I will yeah, do so, I, I want to say just a couple of things about this movie. Some summary thoughts. Yeah. Because that may have seemed a little bit negative in my interpretation of it. I think this movie is fine. <laughs> I recognize that a podcast is basically the internet. So it's expected for me to say negative things about <laughs> works of art that m- weren't meant for me. Um, but I, I totally recognize that. This is not a movie that's meant for me. This is meant to reclaim some of the... Uh, feelings of healthy female sexuality that have been taken away through male objectification in film. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I think if you gender swapped this movie, there would be pickets everywhere. It would be considered one of the worst, <laughs> oh, yeah. most uh, degrading films ever made. Sure. Um, which, okay, fine. <laughs> well, Showgirls, uh, Showgirls exists. <laughs> I, you know, I've never seen Showgirls, and I don't know. I, I can't imagine Showgirls is as bad as this. Uh, <laughs> Next week on Sham Fiction, Marcus writes no Showgirls. No comment. Well, so, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'm saying that, like, Showgirls was controversy-free. <laughs> I don't know that came out. Um, oh, that was, like, 30 years ago, guy. Let, yeah. Let's, guys, let's stay in the present. But, so, I will say, as far as I saw in this movie, I think all the scenes went on way too long, because it is just kind of this hangout dialogue. They don't really have much of an arc to them in the terms of the individual scenes. It's and Soderberg. literally a third of the movie is dancing. The last 20 to 30 minutes is all at the show, just seeing their performance in real time. And every time that they dance, it's a good uninterrupted scene. So what I think you can do with the sham fiction 
is give us some more of that context. If you can find a way to talk philosophically about stripping, which they do a lot, that would be cool. Okay. And just give me give me something that has some sort of build and release to it. Mm. Yeah, it's. I think it would be so easy, but probably less interesting to just describe, like you know, the the, the sex routine itself. But building to something would be fun. I think a key thing that Marcus already mentioned is this idea of the Kings of Tampa as the Avengers of the stripper world. So uh-huh. they are descending upon each town, and they have to bring pleasure to women in need. Like, that is their goal. Like, the Avengers need to save the world. The Kings of Tampa, they need to save the world, too. One lady at a time. Yeah, whatever that woman's man did to treat her wrong. They will correct. That's a big recurring theme in this. All a woman right. will say, this is what just happened to me. And they'll go, girl, you beautiful. He doesn't respect you. <laughs> and swoop on in. Oh, all right. You ready for this? Uh, I'm ready for I it. I am as ready as Woo! I will ever be. <laughs> all uh, right, see you in a couple minutes. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll bring the dollar bills. Uh, wish me luck. Oh, please do. Uh, I'll be right back. Bye. Hey folks, while Eric is off writing, we'd like to make a quick request. If you enjoy the podcast, please support us by subscribing and get a new episode for free every Sunday. While you're at it, you might consider rating us as well. We like positive reviews, so if you have something nice to say, please say it. If you don't like the show, well, pretend you're writing a sham fiction of a positive review and get yourself a little writing exercise out of it. Sounds like fun. All right, thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. Okay, so while Eric's off planning his uh, stripper routine um, that he's going to entertain with us uh, on camera that none of you in the podcast listening zone get to in- uh, to enjoy, um, Marcus, yes, let's 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 talk. What what's he going to show us? What are we going to see? What are we going to see? Or here, I, sh- I suppose. What What is going to be described to us? I, okay, so I, I think after the Fifty Shades of Grey that I did, where I made it more of a thriller and took us away from the hard, all-out sexitude of the source mm-hmm. material, sexitude, that Eric gotcha. is going to course-correct big time. Maybe over-course-correct. I hope so. I think this is going to be the most graphic, barely a story that we have ever seen in the history <laughs> of sham fiction. <laughs> And I think there's going to be dong left and right. There's going to be just You think, you think abs. the XXL is just going to go triple X? Oh my just... gosh, triple XXL. That is, that is what we're seeing. And not the Vin Diesel kind. This is full on going to be nudity. I think it's going to make a very hard point, pun intended, that there's nudity going on. And that's what we're going to see. So I guess if, if we're summing up my secret secret bonus points it's that this is going to be so graphic that i don't know if i'll be able to talk to eric for at least a week after this (laughs) that is quite the prediction and one that i hope is true (laughs) except for the sad bit about you not talking for a week afterwards because friends (laughs) but uh (laughs) oh man what am i hoping to see here uh you just described my wildest dreams just now (laughs) Um, man, you know what? We described this as like the Avengers of stripper movies, mm-hmm. if such a thing exists. <laughs> this oh, it is does. It. Yeah. Uh, this this movie. Um, what if he like? 
I, th- I what if he just goes full-blown superhero with it? Like, he, these guys are, like, he, he treats it like superheroes. Like, like that they is have in sex the text powers? of it. They have magical, like, real superpowers to bring pleasure to these women. Like, sure. Like, I don't know what it is. I want to be surprised by whatever it is. But, yes. Would you settle Super- for, like, a Thor costume stripping scene? Oh my good! Yeah, Big Dick Richie dressed in a Thor costume. These are it not. Off. These are not the Hammer of Thor. This is the Hammer of Thor. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Um, that that would work. But I, I really, literally mean superhero <laughs> powers, like superpowers with right. their dicks. So, um, what do you say? Should we? I think we got one of these comes in. true. Like, yeah. oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm gonna have to think of what my my points for this one will be out of. <laughs> gonna be gonna be questionable and graphic all right let's uh let's bring the man back in yeah let's do it shit bros fuck (laughs) (laughs) i'm back i wrote myself Uh, a little story shit i missed you yeah i missed you bro i bet you did Bro, bro, I'm just ready for your love, man. Fun, I'm, fun I'm fact to... for those of you who can only see me from the uh, the <laughs> chest up, and for those at home listening, I'm literally not wearing pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, you know what? Oh, oh he's going for it. it. The zipper's coming down, Andrew. Oh man, it's happening. You know, this is not a drill, people. <laughs> I uh, I'm leaving my clothes on. You know why? Pants are down. Yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, the only thing I'm going to say before I start is that the only way to read what I wrote is in something that resembles slam poetry. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. <what>? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Get ready for this. Here goes. Oh, man. Magic man. Mike XXL by me. Here it is. The lights are flashing. The music is loud. The women are screaming. Dollar bills are flying through the air like confetti. But it's not enough. The boys are moving, their bodies covered in sweat, gyrating to the relentless beat. The floor of this abandoned high school gym is slick with spilled drinks. But it's not enough. Ripped shirts and flyaway pants are lying discarded, ignored by the throng. The place is packed and the air is hot, but it's not enough. Large tables are being used as small stages. This gym isn't their usual type of venue, but they make do. All these women had gotten wind that the kings of Tampa were in Savannah, so they came. If the women came for a show, the kings would give them a show. Rome moves through the crowd, deftly making way for them as they dance and wildly throw their arms into the air. She passes Tito, spread eagle as a half-dozen college girls sipping fruity beverages try to rip off his mesh shirt. There's Big Dick Richie, proving his namesake with a pair of two sizes too small biker shorts. She passes Tarzan and Ken, doing a synchronized routine that the women are eating up. The party is going well, but it's not enough. She's missing her headliner. 
She passes Andre, mixed in the w- with the women on the floor. He's barely visible amongst the sea of glitter and flesh, but she can hear his words. Your man is a tyrant, your man is a fool, a fire for your hydrant, no match for your rule, your beauty is total, your booty is tight, now show me your man and I'll give him a fight. (laughs) She's through the door, marked men, and hears no more of Andre's song. She passes a row of lockers, then she finds him, her headliner. I know what you're gonna say, Rome, he says through racking sobs. You do, huh? She says, no question in her voice. You know I'm gonna say the kings need their magic mic out there? If you knew I was gonna say it, then why are you in here? Mike sniffs and lifts his head, looking Rome in the face, showing her his tears. I can't do it, Rome, he says, before putting his head into his hands. She approaches him, but doesn't sit down next to him on the bench. She crosses her arms and lifts her chin, looking down at him. This crowd needs some heat. The boys have given them an appetizer, but if you don't go out there and give them the main course, the kings of Tampa will never make it to the World Series of Stripping in Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Mike lifts his head and wipes the tears from his eyes. He thinks for a beat, then says... The hot-crossed buns? The cucumber salad? Nah, says Rome with a smirk. Those routines are weak. We need something with more heat. (laughs) The California hot pot? You gotta be joking. (laughs) He chokes. (laughs) No, Mikey, you're not listening to me. These ladies need you to bring the big guns. I'm talking some magic shit they've never seen before. Rome, he protests. It's over. I can't do it anymore. All these parties, you know. Night after night, we're dancing and putting our hearts out there. For what? I've got nothing left to give. Rome squats down to Mike's level and looks him square in the eye. You've got so much more to give, Mikey. For what you ask, I'll tell you what for. It's for the ladies of the world. And that ain't nothing. That whistle's about to blow, and when it does, you need to give these ladies everything you have, and then some, because they're worth it. Mike sniffs and nods, but doesn't meet her gaze. Yeah, it's for the ladies, but they don't need me. The whistle blows in the gym, and the women all groan in disappointment. Rome stands just as the boys start jogging into the locker room, fist-pumping, bro-grabbing, and wiping the sweat from each other's bodies. <laughs> Shit, bro! Oh my god, bro! You're on fire, chief! Tito gushes to Richie. Nah, dude, my shit is weak, Richie says morosely, high-fiving Ken as he joins the group. (laughs) Richie, man, it's cool, Ken says as he slaps Tarzan's ass. Fuck, we all have off days, you know? Speaking of off days, says Andre as he saunters in and spots the scene before him. What's wrong with Mike? They all look over to see Rome standing over Mike, who gives a soft nod of acknowledgement, wiping the last remaining tears from his face. Yeah, Mike, what's wrong, bro? Tito offers. Shit, you gotta get out there, Mikey, says Richie, taking off his fireman's helmet. These ladies are hungry, dude. (laughs) He thinks he's got nothing left to give, says Rome with a smile. He thinks he's all washed up. Fuck, you can't be for real, bro, says Tito. Sorry, guys, 
Mike chokes. I thought I was magic. I thought I was XXL. But I'm just Mike. Rome laughs, and Andre nods along with the laughter like a beat. You're not just Mike, she says with music in her voice. And you've got one thing these ladies have never seen. Andre catches on and takes up the chorus. Rome said it, bro. You know the routine. You've been practicing it for weeks. What? Spits Mike, panic in his voice. Not that one. That's the one, says Rome, nodding along to the groove. The whole enchilada. Everyone in the room gasps. The whole enchilada, Tito repeats. Shit, bro, nobody's ever done that before. No, there's no way, says Mike, shaking his head. I'm not ready. The whole enchilada, Richie echoes. That might just work. Do it, man, Ken says. I know you can do it. Sorry, guys, but no, Mike insists, punching the bench to show that he means it. There was a time when I would have done anything for the ladies. But now, I'm just a simple furniture maker. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Everyone in the room groans and looks to the floor. Even Rome hangs her head in disappointment. Nobody speaks, and the sad silence hangs in the locker room for a moment like a wet fog. Then, out of the back of the room, Tarzan speaks up for the first time. Yeah. Mike, he says. All heads turn to Tarzan. These ladies didn't come here for cheap drinks. They didn't come here for good music. They didn't even come here for us. They came here for escape. They came here to leave their lives behind for one night in search of something greater. Something magical. Something special. They're chasing the unicorn, Mike. (laughs) Help them find it. All the heads in the room nod and turn back to Mike. Through the throbbing dance beats out in the gym, a chant can be heard. It grows louder and louder until they can all make out the words, Magic Mike! Magic Mike! Rome pats Mike on the back and says, You're up, Mike. Mike stands. The boys start to cheer and bro-grab. They make way for their leader, and Mike jogs out of the locker room and climbs onto the stage to the sounds of Magic Mike. The ladies all see him, and the chanting turns to cheering. They rush the stage, spilling drinks, ripping clothes, and pressing their bodies together to get closer to the legend himself. The music stops for a brief moment, and it's as if the entire room takes a breath. The rest of the kings of Tampa spill out of the locker room and stand back just to be witness to the historic event. (laughs) Pony by Genuine hits the speakers. The women scream. Mike moves. The women scream. He throws off his shirt. The women scream. He is music incarnate. He is love in corporeal form. He is magic fucking Mike fucking XXL. (laughs) 
Here it comes, Andre whispers to his bros as the song reaches the climax. The whole enchilada. And just as Pony hits the chorus for the final time, Mike's pants fly off and there it is. It's his dong. It's his dong dancing as if controlled by a puppeteer's string. All the women in the room explode in an orgasmic frenzy of pleasure and madness. Mike's face is tight with concentration as his dong leaps and gyrates to and fro, mesmerizing the crowd with its acrobatic skill. Tito's eyes fill with tears. It's beautiful, he says. And it is. The end. (laughs) Encore! Encore! Did you write an encore? (laughs) I did not. I could could take my pants off for you, though. How could you follow up something like that? Guys, let's hope Jaden makes another one so that we can get a (laughs) follow-up. The next one's going to be called Magic Mike the Whole Enchilada. There you go. Oh, man. That's going to be what it's called. There it is. I'm just picturing, like, Conan's puppet string dance. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's never been done before. The beginning of each late night, yeah. Glad you guys seem to enjoy that. At least the ending. That was. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm just here to make that you happy. End, man. Holy crap. <laughs> uh. You like that? No. The 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 um the the. All right. I'm sorry. I'm still recovering. Is introduction, but before before we get into our, our thoughts on this, I gotta say for the people listening to this at home or in the shower, wherever you're listening to it, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Uh, you know, Eric, this whole time when he's doing his slam poetry, is just rocking out these hand gestures <laughs> as he makes everything flow to the beat. It was just quite a thing to see. And now I'm doing those same hand gestures, and I realize that you still can't see me because we're on a podcast. You're doing good, man. So you should know. You're doing yeah. good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, All right, Andrew. So that was that was quite a choice uh, with with your performance, and I'm I'll be li- I'll be interested to listen to that again, and also hear hear you more about uh, your approach to the language of this. If if there was a specific rhythm that you were you wanted to hit going into mm-hmm. it, um, but man, the the end of this piece was one of my favorite things that has ever happened on this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> High praise <laughs> from from the like pretty much every moment from when Tarzan dropped some knowledge uh-huh. until the end made me so happy. And I should even back up a bit because when the boys came back into the locker mm-hmm. room, holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> I just I loved that so much. Just just this. Just huge pile of man love and high fives and shits and bros and fucks. <laughs> that was lovely. Oh my goodness. It it's like it's so funny because like Marcus kinda gave the movie that, that rap with like the, 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 the dialogue being like that. And it's true. It's mm-hmm. true. I think I think I I was I, I sold into the movie a little bit more and didn't really notice it that quite that much. But man, just hearing you do that. It doesn't feel that far off. <laughs> Deadly accurate. It felt great. I was like, man, the kings of Tampa are back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great. Oh, man. Uh... But, and then, 
uh, just the the build up to the end, and then the end itself. Like that was it was so great when everybody just your description of Matt, Mike getting on stage and the guys come into the side to watch the ladies all like the anticipation from when Tarzan dropped that knowledge to just the minute you know just right up to when he started performing. Mm-hmm. Gold, like you had me during that section. I was so ready for that during that bit. Marcus, I've been talking for a while. How about you? <laughs> yeah, it's good. You're giving me time to catch my breath. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so I'll say some of the things that I love. We'll get more critical after hearing your thoughts, Eric. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that you went for a bold choice in doing the performance this way and doing the writing this way and I really appreciated it because one of the things that I had as a major concern was how do you recreate this thing where they will literally go off and do five minutes of erotic dancing <laughs> and that is the majority of the scenes you know it's like half and half between that and dialogue and you let us through the way that you told this story feel like we were a part of that just capturing the emotional context in a way that you couldn't do with straight prose so I just I really, really dug that. Uh, you also did one of my favorite things, which is calling your hero by the name of the movie. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> instead of calling him Magic Mike or Mike Lane, he was Magic Mike XXL, yeah. which is something I do in all facets of life. So just ask uh, Die Hard from Die Hard. Exactly. Uh, so I, I love that. There's this thing you did. So Andrew and I were talking, and we'll get back to this in the critique, about how we mentioned that this was like the Avengers of stripper movies. Yeah. Uh, and the scene that you did where Rome sees magic and he's crying and he's overwhelmed by it all, just in my mind flashed back to the scene in Avengers Age of Ultron where Hawkeye's talking to Scarlet Witch and she's having a tough time of it. And he goes, I understand. This is all really hard to get through. But if you walk out that door, you're an Avenger. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was expecting that scene to end with. It's like, you can walk away, Mike. No one will think less of you. But if you go in that gym with all those horny ladies, you are Magic Mike XXL. You are the kings of Tampa. You know, it's really funny you say that. That was the first place I started when I tried to figure out what I was going to write. Because I had no idea. This took me days before I could finally come to a decision of how I was going to approach this. Yeah. The first thing I wrote in my notes when I was kind of laying this out was I assigned an actual Avenger character to each of the characters in this. Whoa! And I was going to try to drop some hints that they were all actually, you know, Tony Stark and and, uh, all the others (laughs) whose names apparently I can't think of right now. Bruce Banner. Yeah. Uh, Tony Stark and friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the super pals, right? Um, so who was Mike? Uh, Mike was Cap. Oh, because, I thought he was Scarlet Witch. No, he's Cap. Yeah. Uh, t- I think Tito might have been uh, Scarlet Witch. Wait, no, no. Actually, <laughs> I didn't have Scarlet Witch. Tito might have been uh, Black Widow. Uh, that makes sense. was That's the good. Hulk because he's the big guy. Of course. Uh, I wish yep. I would have kept those notes. I erased them after I decided not to do it because I didn't want to get distracted. Gotcha. Well, just based on my own knowledge, like I would say, like Big Dick would probably be Iron Man, and or no, he'd be Thor. Actually, he'd be I, Thor, think, I, think he the I think he was Hawkeye. I think he was Hawkeye. Big Dick Richie, because <laughs> oh, no. he can work from a distance. Yeah, exactly. He was looking for. Well, I'm just gonna. He was looking for a target. Since we're on the subject. Yeah, Andrew, what's up? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, um, since we're on the subject, uh, that was my secret bonus points uh, that you were going to like go full blown superhero oh. with it, where they were going to have, and you kind of did because Mike has magic penis dancing powers. <laughs> but uh, that, that um, should just no, I was practice. thinking the whole team. <laughs> But yeah, I was thinking that the gang was just going to have full-blown stripper superpowers. Man, I um, wanted to. <laughs> and that would have been crazy. Uh, but, so yeah, um, let's talk a little bit more. So you approached it from that fashion. That's kind of how you started. Yeah. But with the language itself and your choices with going in that direction, did you come to that as you were writing it? Or was that something from the beginning as you went go- that you got going with it, you found kind of a rhythm to it? What uh, was it? A little, little from column A, a little from column B. Um, I, I came at this from so many different angles. Um, the, the, the prose itself, how I wrote it, kind of that, that, uh, that slam poetry sort of, uh, musical flow, uh, happened organically because, um, I was trying to figure out how I was going to encapsulate the mood of this because, and, mm-hmm. and Marcus, I'm very pleased at what you said that it felt like, you know, you could be part of this kind of musicality that's so predominant in Magic Mike. That was what yeah. I was going for. I was, I really wanted to, to think of a way to bring in that kind of feel without having to literally just describe dance moves which I couldn't figure out how to do. Like if I was going to describe sure. dancing, it would be the least musical thing possible. <laughs> so it, yeah. instead kind of using the language to sort of give you that, you know, have, have just the, the basic words, the, the, these people were moving, you know, uh, this guy was gyrating and dancing, you know, and just kind of like letting the flow of the music create or the flow of the words create sort of a beat. Um, which I don't know if it really comes across if you just read it straight and you're not actually reading it like slam poetry, but uh, the uh, the prose is online if anybody wants to to read it on our <laughs> well, website. I'm excited to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. It'll be it'll be less flashy. Um, but my main thing, like the the, the uh, kind of slam poetry style, that kind of came naturally when I was figuring this out and like finding that first person. Uh, voice to use that kind of came naturally um, but I, I approached this thinking uh, that sports movie you described mm-hmm. this property mm-hmm. as yep. basically a sports movie um, and so I, I set up the conflict and the resolution to just be like literally it's the athlete who doesn't think he can perform anymore who gets inspired to go hit a home run you know that's yeah. that's the entire yep. thing and even I, I wanted to set it in a in a school gym with like literal <laughs> whistles blowing to call the half, <laughs> you know. So I gotta say, just you say you said that it's one of the first thing that's in this is that you say it's a high school gym and that the floor is like slippery from spilt yeah. drinks, like just perfect setup right off the bat. So, yeah. so I feel like you know what you're it just getting made into. it kind of sad. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm happy it seemed to come together. At least that you enjoyed it, because I was all over the place when I was trying to figure out what I was doing. So uh, I'm glad it sort of yeah. came together. Well, I think we should go into uh, critiques now and give you your final grades. Oh, please. So Andrew, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, sure. So um, I will say that 
the bits leading up to before, leading up to when the guys come back into the locker room. Um, again, you started strong in the description. I got the place. I got the feel. But once Rome got into the locker room and we started getting with Mike, I don't know, the rhythm, the action, it just it slowed down for me. And I got a little lost in sure. there. I, I also had trouble reconciling what the perspective was. Um, I at one point, like when we we seemed to kind of center on Rome, and I thought, oh, was this supposed to be from Rome's perspective? Like she was walking through the gym and then went into the locker room, and then at a certain point, I realized, no, that's not the case. So I got a little confused as to what perspective we were coming sure, from, sure. and then the action again, like it wasn't quite propulsive enough in that middle section to keep me engaged, but. And so I had, there were a few moments there that I was kind of taken out of it. But then when the, the Kings came into the locker room, I was back into it. <laughs> um, and that was all great. And I think it was, I think thinking about it, it was great from there on, on out. Um, so, yeah. Um, Marcus, what are, you, what are you thinking? Some, some of the, the critical sides yeah, of things. So- as far as inaccuracies go, one thing that I was really missing was that Rome didn't announce the acts as the MC. Mm. She didn't really get to talk and call the ladies queens. That was something, especially leading into that final showdown that I would have liked to see. Gotcha. Forgot about that. Um, wait, doesn't uh, didn't you say Matthew McConaughey was the uh, MC? He's not in this one. Oh. He was their old MC. Oh. Rome oh. was their new oh. MC. See, that's the part I missed. I thought Rome was like... Sort of just somebody who showed up and brought gotcha. and brought Andre. I don't know. <laughs> Seemed like sort of a manager situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it wasn't bad, and it doesn't really no, subtract sure, from the story. That was just one thing. One thing that was a little different that I do think subtracted a bit mm-hmm. from the story was seeing Mike sad for that long. <laughs> this movie just doesn't have conflict that lasts that long ever. <laughs> and the idea of Magic Mike, who is such a, I'm going to make everything better by being the coolest guy, this fantasy guy, crying, that, that threw me off a bit. Right. And I think that mm. leads into what Andrew was saying about when we're looking at the flow of this piece, you open so strong. I think one of the strongest openings we've seen on Sham Fiction, just immediately putting us in this mood with the tone that you're hitting and getting a feeling of being in the space. And then when it starts moving into plot and it moves into that conflict, it just slows things down, which is probably why they don't have much conflict in the original film. It all got cut they out. They want to keep you on that ride. Yeah. <laughs> I start to feel bad. I don't want to feel sure. bad. I want to feel good. Yeah. One thought I just want to throw out there. I don't know how this fits into criticism, but you put me in the mind that this almost could have been done as a second-person perspective, which is very rare in fiction. Uh But it would sort of fit with the slam poetry and setting the mood. Like, you're in this club, you've been standing outside all night, suddenly the music starts to play, and you see the man of the hour, you see Magic Mike on stage, just getting that Mm -hmm. notion of being there. Those were the feelings that I had. It could have been a really fun... Thing to play with. Maybe we'll do a second person assignment some point in the future. Oh, that would be horrible. Let's never do that. <laughs> I'm going to make you write a choose your own adventure, so you have to write you know, <laughs> ten times the length of what oh, we normally write. good lord. That'd be fun. That sounds like a special episode or a special week of episodes. We'll, we'll put that in our back pocket. Alright. Well, hang on to it. Uh, but I can give you the, the grade based on that sure. if we're ready for that. Yeah, give me a... Let's do so, it. So, like I said, I, I loved it. I loved that you went for something new. There were those small drawbacks. So I'm going to give you 9 out of 10 
you know, units of measurement, whatever those are for, you know, measuring whatever. <laughs> That's what you're going to get. I think, How do you even take I that? I think I know what you're talking about, Marcus, man. I think Dealer's I know. Dealer's choice. I, I think I know. I figured it out. All right, Andrew. Uh, give me something. Sure. So, bonus points. You got Marcus's bonus points. Uh, for me, I, I would say you definitely got my bonus points. Uh, the dick dance is a very creative stripper mm-hmm. move. And, um, I and would arousing. say. Ooh, um, and then uh, I also mentioned as a possible other bonus point was to do a most creative use of a song. But I'm glad you used genuine. <laughs> I mean, you used it at just the right time. The music, just like in the movie, came in just at the right time, <laughs> and I was ready to go. It's you know? like when the We're, hero's theme comes on at the end of an yeah. action flick. You're just ready for it. Exactly. <laughs> that's what. That's perfect. That's exactly what it felt like. Same sort of feel. Um, but. I was really tripped up um, after the opening of this. Like, again, I had a hard time um, following what the perspective was. And I think, Marcus, what you were saying regarding the vibe of Mike's character um, being so sad for a while <laughs> uh, kind of threw me out of it. Because it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't what I wanted. I, I wanted those positive vibes. Um, so I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to be a little harsh. <laughs> And I'm going to say, I'm going to give you a six out of ten cucumbers for my cucumber oh, salad. No. Um, <laughs> we can, uh, we won't have enough to feed the whole family, no. um, but we'll have some. All right, all right. <laughs> Thank you. So I'll, I'll point out two things here. One is that Andrew had seen this multiple times on his own before Sham Fiction. <laughs> yep. Didn't watch it just for this occasion. Might account for some variance in the score. <laughs> And uh, two, as Andrew pointed out, I didn't specifically bring up my bonus points. He did the Donald Glover rap, which we haven't mentioned. Oh, yeah. and that was excellent. That was it totally was really in fitting with what he does in this type of piece. Uh, two, my secret bonus points was that you were going to go XXXXXL. And <laughs> that one, I didn't quite get to. You know, and, and honestly, when we hit the end, as much as I loved the, the full enchilada, uh, it wasn't as graphic as I was expecting. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to do a counterpoint <laughs> yeah. to my reserved Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, I thought someone might have gotten pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. But I stand by my nine out of ten. You know, out of whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm am standing by my uh, my level of uh, graphic uh, whatever. It's uh, yeah. I, I gave you all I could. Uh, Nothing sexier than a dancing dong. I'm pretty sure. You're, you're, you're please, really, please, you're really ladies, good, all uh, the ladies. people who are attracted to men don't. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the whole appeal. It's right down yeah. there in the, like the underwear please region. Please write into Sham Fiction, ladies, and tell us: is there anything more attractive? Or gentlemen, you know? I, I, remember, oh yes, I please. Trying, let's not. Thank you. I was thank trying you. to make Mike the most attractive man I could, and I figured, oh, women like uh, men who can express their emotions. <laughs> And so he's crying. He's he's sensitive. (laughs) And they also like a guy who can make his dick move around on its own. Was it was it was it just moving or was it doing shapes? I feel like <laughs> it, was, I was trying to it might out. have been le- leaping. Like was it puppetry and like leaving his body and reattaching? I don't know. I kind of left it up to your imagination. <laughs> I kind of pictured it like 
just like going all it's over like the wacky place. Waving like it was stretching and... out. Like it was like a Mr. Fantastic <laughs> dog. Like going this way and that way. <sighs> Maybe at one point the lights were go down and it'd be day glow <laughs> and it's just uh, so uh, although I'm very sad that you told me that there is no dong in the actual movie uh, mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna have to at some point go over to Andrew's apartment pop yep. down on the couch uh, I don't know what the yep, appropriate drink bills. is for this film what, what's the good drink oh sex on the beach anything fruity oh, sure fruity cocktails um, it is and we'll mm-hmm. watch Magic yeah. Mike XXL. Bahama Mama. All right. <laughs> that sounds good. Yes, and you can watch Magic Mike XXL right now on HBO Ooh. Go. It's available through that soyvis. And in addition to that, you can purchase or rent it everywhere else that you do that sort of stuff. <laughs> Amazon and the, the, the Voodoo uh, and the, the YouTube and the, all those ones. All right, all right. <laughs> You guys have used the internet before. You know how to exchange money for digital services? Go nuts. <laughs> All right, guys. Any last oh, words no. regarding this XX Olint property? <laughs> no, I'm just going to go pr- practice my uh, my enchilada moves. Oh, gosh. And that's where we'll cut out the video feed. <laughs> have a good week, <laughs> listeners. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hey, sham subjects! Next week, our very own Andrew Neal will be writing about a dark future where godlike beings lay waste to cities, become emperors, and turn lots of stuff into metal. Like, a ton of stuff. Gosh, there's a lot of metal in this one. Sparks. So tune in next week to join the resistance and fight back, because a reckoning is coming. Until then, I'm going to figure out how to be less of a slonce with a rifle. <laughs>